these are things that allow you to make that dirt. I like the idea of dad is where it's a form like Reddit is set for if you're saying a bunch of dumb shit, like I'll put it to you like this on dad, Thamos would be broke as shit because he's not going to get any tips. He's not going to, nothing's going to happen with Thamos. I'm talking to you, Thamos, and it's only going to be a matter of time for you listen to our podcast and you stop letting us get to the front page. But we don't fucking like the shit that you do. In fact, you should come on our show and talk about why you're doing the shit that you do. That's a shout out right there. In fact, if you don't come on our show, you're a bitch. Yeah, you don't come on our show, you're bitch made. Hashtag Thamos is bitch made. He needs to come on the Bitcoin podcast. We're calling him out. In fact, this is going at the top of the show. Hashtag Thamos is bitch made. I hope that goes viral. I really hope it does too. <laughs> Anyways. Um. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Everybody, how you doing? We're starting today, episode forty-nine. That is correct. Episode forty-nine <laughs> of the Bitcoin Podcast. Uh, I'm your second host, D. I'm host number three, Corey. Our first host is out sick. His child likes to breathe into his mouth with germs. Yep. So he's out for the count. That's right. She tells secrets by speaking directly into your mouth. And we're putting And they think on, that's funny. And they think it's funny, and now they are sick because of it. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, so Cello couldn't make Marcello couldn't make it. Um but we are we we have a very good episode for you today. Our guest is contending for welterweight MMA champion. I'm pretty sure I I didn't get like the particulars right about like I know it's not UFC. I know that for a fact, right? Because he fought UFC a while yep. ago. And he doesn't yep. fight UFC anymore. But wait, I should just use the interwebs. Look this puppy up. American mixed martial artist competing in the welterweight division of the World Series of Fighting. Okay, so that's what it is. The World Series W-S-O-F. of Fighting. W-S-O-F. There you go. Anyways, um, so that's coming up later. First thing we got to do, pay the mother-loving bills. So, this episode is brought to you by, you know it, you know what to do by now. If you've been listening, escrow your shit with escrow my bits. The unofficial official motto of Escrow My Bits. Yep. Given to, ever, given to it by us. Mm-hmm. If you go on the website, it's not going to say Escrow Your Shit with Escrow My Bits. But if you listen to us, it will. How does that work? Just like Escrow works, okay? Except for in this case, your bits, when you go, so say you want to buy something. Corey, what would you buy off of Craigslist from some crazy place? Right now, I would buy... A Raspberry Pi 3. 
cool. I'm not even going to go crazy right now. I'm just going to go with something that I want. So say you go, you buy your Raspberry Pi 3 from a dude and you want, or chick, you know, we keep it, uh, what, gender neutral. Uh, and uh, you you pay them in Bitcoin, but you're not sure you, you want to get your device before you release the funds. You use escrow my bits and you put your Bitcoin in escrow. Okay, and it locks it, it pegs it to fiat currency using this other currency called new bits, which is statistically speaking the world's most stable digital currency. It'll peg it through new bits to fiat, and you can peg at a timestamp so you know you don't lose the value and things like that. It's really fast, it's really safe, it's three step process. Register, send the Bitcoin, hold stuff in escrow, you get your Pi 3 Cory. And yep. then you release the bits. For the same price that I ordered it at. Bow. Bam. There's no volatility you have to deal with. Yep. It's just it's however much money shit. it was worth when you did it. So much how much it's worth when you release the funds. You're it's safe because it's in your hands and he gets the money because he trusts the escrow service. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. And now for the jingle. If you gotta escrow some shit, use escrow my bits. Yeah, escrow my shit. Bits. Anyways, moving on. Today, <laughs> what's up? To the show. Do you like to that? the show? To the yeah. sh- on to the show. Uh, so, things we want to talk about today in Bitcoin. Bitcoin is uh, it's going through some growing pains right now. You know, the growth plates are are forming and they're stretching and they're putting pressure on the nerves and. It seems like there's a lot going on in Bitcoin, but not a lot going on in Bitcoin at the same time. I feel uh, like I feel like we're in this transitional phase where, like, when you're growing up, you're an adolescent, and like you go to like kindergarten and stuff, and you're in class, and then like the teacher's like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And like, "I'm going to be an astronaut, and a nurse, and a karate artist, and a professional <laughs> video game player." And like, I'm going to be everything, right? And everyone's like, "Well, you can do anything you want to," and then. You grow up a little bit and you start to learn about the real world and how it works. And, and then you start to kind of be like, well, what, what, what do I want to be? Because I can't be all of these things. I need to be good at something. And I've spent all this time being money. I guess I'll just be money. But your inner <laughs> body is like, no, no, no. You wanted to be all those cool things. You can still do that. And the community around you is still telling you that, but it's not really true. <laughs> so, like, this teenager has this really conflicted, all these hormones and all these emotions running through him. And he's like, what am I going to do with my life? I'm really good at this one thing, but everyone's telling me I should be all these other things. He's seven foot. You're seven foot, 260 pounds, but you want to be a horse jockey? <laughs> That's what's happening yeah. with Bitcoin right yeah. now. Exactly. You've got this body that's built to be a fucking basketball player or uh, a mind that has been trained to be a, a, you know, a physicist or something like that. And you're my, you're, you're, you should be a rodeo clown. <laughs> it's having an identity crisis. I think that's it. That sums it up. It's, it's, you know, there's there's two parties. Everybody knows what's going on by now. If you if you're probably listening to the show, you're either brand new to Bitcoin, in which I'm sorry, you're not gonna get any of that newbie noob information that you need. Go to the website. But if you're not brand new to the show, 
Um, you know that there's the small block camp and there's the big block camp and there's the people that make sense camp that just never get heard. So it looks like we're really just kind of stuck with the small block and big block. And then there's two megabyte now, segwit later, segwit now, two megabyte later. There's I wouldn't even say it's that much anymore. I think it's more along the lines of it's anti-establishment and pro-establishment type of type of people. Mm-hmm. Like who 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 do you want your developers to be? Do you want it to be some random dude you know nothing about, but maybe makes good code and it works, or do you want it to be have a like a core group of developers that don't really listen to anyone, but who are really really good at what they do, and are published and are, and are, and are funded by a central corporation, creating the software that runs runs everything? It's it's That's this kind of trade off. Like. Yeah, I don't. There's it's a trade off. That's the part I don't like. I don't like the funded by a, a corporation part. That that to me that that conflict of interest is too large for me, which is why I'm Bitcoin classic leaning is because Blockstream good or bad for Bitcoin, although from what you hear from Gavin and the likes is that it's good for Bitcoin, that conflict conflict of interest is too much for me. I don't well, like I think- the Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say more of what the shit I don't like. That's that shit I don't like. I don't like how, <laughs> you know, they got so much money funded to them and they're definitely going to focus on returning the investment to those people that are invested in them less than they are going to focus on Bitcoin being the best Bitcoin it can be. That's my opinion. Here's what I, here's a, here's a future that I, I kind of see happening and I, and I think it's a good one. Um, but investors probably won't like it because of this stagnation and the way things are going and Bitcoin refusing to budge and how it works. It keeps this incredibly secure uh, way that it works is storage of value and it will continue to evolve slowly, very slowly and making its, it, its, its use case for money and storage of value. Um, but a lot of the people who want it to be different things will simply just leave but instead of the previous bubble where they left and took their money back to fiat, fiat currency, they're taking their investment and they're moving it into other coins. And mm. this is a very healthy way. I mean, I, I personally believe that there should be a multitude of coins for various reasons. And each one should do what they are particularly good at, which allows essentially cryptocurrency in the end to win and global adoption of cryptocurrency to spread much faster. Mm. And the infrastructure that's associated with Bitcoin is still there. All of the money that's been put into Bitcoin with the infrastructure on ramps and off ramps of getting in is still there. All of the money and, and growth and things that are the big companies that are coming online, like T0, Coinbase, and it's, you know, it's, it's Titan status is still there and still providing great services. Airbits is still one of the best best wallets out there, bar none, to any mm-hmm. cryptocurrency. Shout out to Airbits, Paul Pui, as always, holding it down. I mean, all of the stuff that's been built is still there. And they're even pivoting slightly to allow all of these other cryptocurrencies because the people who are upset with Bitcoin and it's not providing what they want have moved on and provided a lot of growth and potential to other things that could that could potentially bring a lot of really cool innovation into the space, mm-hmm. and that's that's the way it should be. So that Absolutely. if one fails, the whole thing doesn't fail. Dude, I think it's like Voltron. It's it's yeah. it's, it's like Voltron, man. You don't try and put 
the left arm lying on the right arm. It's not going to fucking work. It's not going to work. Okay? You can't generate the power sword with the left lying arm. You got to generate the power sword with the right lying arm. Perhaps the metaphor is falling off the rails a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's true. Like it, it all comes together nicely. Well, what I'm saying is, is Bitcoin as well as all of the altcoins that are deemed worthy, like uh, clearly Ethereum is being deemed worthy, they're going to form the Voltron of the digital economy that's going to protect, just like Voltron said, defenders of the motherfucking universe. Yeah, so I'm hoping that with all of this, as things roll over and Bitcoin finds its place and the people who are just crying about everything leave into what they what they like, uh, mm-hmm. this this butthurt towards other coins and the fact that they feel like they're encroaching on our lawn, it goes away. I'm hoping this yeah. goes away and that people start to realize that it's incredibly much it's incredibly healthier to have a a, a whole field of coins doing different things. Yeah. They've and even competing, even competing with each other. It's perfectly fine. They must have never watched a beautiful mind. They must have never even heard of John Nash equilibrium, or this wouldn't even be an issue in the community. If most of the community had heard of those two things. And I just want to personally say to take it back a little bit, the head of Voltron was the black line and the head's the most important line. Just going to throw that out there. Trying to get a race thing. It was, I did. I made something that was totally not a race thing, a race thing. I took it there. <laughs> Whatever, Black Ranger. <laughs> but I'm not the Black Ranger. I'm a Green <laughs> Ranger. <laughs> Quiet Black Ranger. Black Falcon. That's right. <laughs> I'm not the Black Falcon. I'm a Green Falcon. Okay, anyways. um, Getting back to what we're talking about. Yes. And what I can say to refer to you, those that are interested now, John Nash, brilliant mathematician, never got the chance to meet him, kind of sad about that, passed away in a car accident last year. Anyways, a beautiful mind. He's played by the wonderful, angry Australian, um, what's that guy's name? Are you not entertained? Gladiator. That's, that's all I know. <laughs> Gladiator is not his name. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is his name. <laughs> What's your name, Gladiator? Nice name. Uh, Russell Crowe. Uh, but anyways, John Nash Equilibrium states is that like if everybody is trying to get the best thing, nobody gets the best thing. But if there's a group of things trying to go after different things, then the entire system as a whole becomes better. Now, that is a very, very layman's definition of some high-level game theory type shit. But if every single altcoin is trying to be the best money in the world, nobody wins. Point blank, period. Well, I was reading this article. I can't remember who it was, so I can't properly attribute it to it, but it wasn't me. Uh, but it talks about how um, when things are disruptive, they're not disruptive by attacking the, by attacking the thing they're disrupting immediately, right? So yeah. – but- what happens is they they get really, really, really good at an edge case of something. And they allow for a lot of different things that weren't possible beforehand. And then as they grow at this, they become more secure and they get larger and larger and larger. These edge cases that weren't 
secure, that weren't possible, and they become really they become really popular. And in the process of becoming really popular, these edge cases they then grow into the things that start taking over a, tra- a, tra- a traditional form of doing something. So, and the, and then at the end, the whole point was Bitcoin is not a disruptive technology. Bitcoin, the Bitcoin network, because it's specifically attacking money and taking it over from the whole standard way of doing money. But the things that are growing up in the other cryptocurrency space are possibly disruptive because they're doing things that haven't been done before. And there are some new cases of Bitcoin that are disruptive. But the main things that it's doing is specifically taking out the inefficiencies of how money works. And that's not, and that's, and that's incredibly important and incredibly useful for a lot of things, but it's not necessarily, you know, quote unquote disruptive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of the other coins are really doing things that nothing else has ever, po- ever possibly been done, which could be deemed disruptive and potentially taking over, but they'll probably end up needing a more efficient money to do it. Hmm. And. What's what's really important is that Bitcoin has essentially proven that it works. It's useful. It's robust, as Andreas calls it. It's like the street rat of technology. It's 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 withered everything, and still mm-hmm. come back for more and grown into be something that's just unstoppable. And and so it's like, like well, cryptocurrencies work. We've proven that. It's, no matter all the times that people have said it's crashed, it's not going to work. It's 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 figured out the problem, survived, and grown stronger because of it. Yeah. And in the end, other other currencies or other cryptos are going to need that. as like a stable backbone to how they work and what they can do and, and things like that. And I think that's yeah. what's going to be the future of Bitcoin, especially through these past essential year of, of almost stagnation. I think Bitcoin is the key gear, if that's a thing. I don't, I don't know what I mean by that, but I guess what I mean by that is if you had this huge mechanical device that was run on a system of gears and cogs and things of that nature, Bitcoin is the main driving gear, the one that's given the most torque, the most power. It's pushing this thing. And so I do think, you know, I also I did see something today that SegWit and Lightning Network are entering the testnet or something. They're like entering the, They're the last the last phase of testing on the testnet. The last phase of testing, and you know th- that's good news because that means that's scalability. That means options. The Lightning Network, from what I've read, which is a shit ton of just white paper talk and forums and everything, that allows scalability on just like. What are we talking about? Orders of magnitude bigger than just the little seven transactions per second. Um, and segregated witness cleans it up. I think uh, somebody made the metaphor. I was looking at an infographic that made a metaphor that segregated witness is like if you had a container and you just threw a bunch of fucking Legos in it, then that's the way a block is organized right now. Just fucking tossing Legos in. But segregated witness would actually stack and categorize the Legos by, you know, how big they were, how long they were, and kind of stack them in evenly, which then creates more space because things are organized. I think that's a good metaphor for segregated well, What it also witness. does is, is it allows um, 
a like a um, not an instant necessity to upgrade uh, because it's 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 an opt in it's an opt in option for people to use segregated witness, right? Yeah. So it's a so it, it, so what it does is and, and it also allows for for future upgrades, a lot of really important future upgrades to the Bitcoin network to be done through soft ports as well. So as the Bitcoin network upgrades itself, it doesn't require that, that, and after, after it does this one, it doesn't require a lot of operators and merchants and people who create applications of the Bitcoin network to immediately change their software or they won't work. They can gradually do it hmm. so that, they won't. They're not. They're not just like. They're not just broken until they fix it, which would lose a lot of money. And it'll, since it allows for a lot of other things to be done through software, it allows for the people around the Bitcoin atmosphere to slowly upgrade as well. And I think that's one of the most important features of, of how what this offers. Lightning Network is just one of those things for scalability. There's a lot of other issues that no one talks about that need to be addressed too. And the fact that they're now going to be done through softworks is really important. Let's put our foot down right now. Let's let's choose a team. It doesn't matter if we're on the same team. But do you think that uh, Bitcoin, when it comes to schools of thought, do you think Bitcoin should be global, worldwide? I can buy a coffee with it. I can buy a bag of Flamin' Hot Cheetos or Takis with it, Funyuns, the new flavor too. Or should it be a settlement network, kind of like gold was the reserve currency of the world back in the early 20th century should it be that just do your transactions off to the side do what you need to do but just make sure you plug back into the bitcoin network so that everybody knows that you're being fiscally genuine and there is that immutable record to a tiny i mean to me anyways you go first what do you think i i think 100 percent the latter i think it should be a settlement settlement network because because we as humans, ha- we, we categorize how we spend money, right? Mm-hmm. Not every transaction that we make is done on the same basis. There are certain times where we spend money and we don't really care if we get a receipt. There are other times when we make an incredibly large life-altering decision and we want all the receipts. <laughs> yeah. Give me every so, single thing that was written on, even that scratch yeah. note, bitch. And oh, Sorry. And we should have we should have a money system that reflects that, that doesn't rely on third parties, or relies on third parties when it's more convenient for us to rely on third parties, which is exactly what a settlement network is. So if you, I mean, if it, and you would, if you have a large sum, you're willing to pay a little bit of an extra fee to make sure that it's done properly and it's secure and no one else has the ability to tamper with it. When it's something really small, you don't want any fees, but you don't really don't care if it, you know, if it is completely verified, trustless, and you know, no one can tamper with it. If it's fifty cents, who gives a shit? If you're throwing somebody a beer, who gives a shit? If you're settling up with a buddy, who gives a shit? It, a lot of those types of things can be done on a different network and don't require all of the safety and security and and possible transaction fee of the Bitcoin network. See, all that sounds beautiful. The only thing that keeps me not in that camp is fucking Blockstream conflict of interest. All that sounds amazing. You're absolutely right. I, I think, what, maybe three out of five purchases I make, I'm not getting the receipt for. I give no fucks. Like, oh, you want me to take a receipt for 
this coffee that I got? No. You want me to take a receipt for lunch that I bought that day? Negative. I don't need a receipt. I don't want that paper. Stop killing forests. What's wrong with you? But at, at the same time, that conflict of interest just kills it for me. All right. That's cool. That they're not the only lightning network that's going to exist. The lightning network is a protocol. Well, sidechains and, is a big but, deal, man, and that's blockstream. I understand that. They're one iteration of sidechains. Other people will develop other sidechains and use those. Whichever is, one is the yeah. best one for the people will be used. Is it Rootstock? But, but Rootstock is a, is, is a, is a contract. There's, there's smart contracts. They could end up being sidechains because, is, because that's how – like that's essentially how it's a, it's a tokenification system, so they can end up being a sidechain, or or iterations of sidechains, or whatever kind of sidechain you want to implement, which is really good. And if that ends up being better than what Blockstream makes, then that's what people will use. I hope it fucking is, man, because I don't like that conflict of interest. But I do it's, like I what think, you're saying. I think the conflict of interest is there, but it's only going to be there for a small amount of time until someone comes along and makes something better that doesn't have a conflict of interest, and people will switch. When there's options and an open market to switch, people will choose the best option. Currently, there really isn't an option. And that's what the big deal is. Yeah, that's true. Well, we we probably could go on like this forever. But yeah. we need to get into our interview. So, guys, like I said, special, special episode today. Uh, myself, I was absent. I wish I could say okay. I were doing something awesome, but I wasn't. Corey was doing capoeira on a beach. Wasn't doing capoeira. <laughs> you weren't doing capoeira. No, no capoeira. Nah, playing, nah, soccer. playing soccer on the beach. Playing and soccer on the beach. Same thing, without fighting. Actually, nowhere near the same thing. But he was on a beach, uh, chilling out, maxing and relaxing, all cool. Um, so Cello did the interview with Mr. Fitch, Mr. John Fitch, and we brought in our favorite. He's now fam, no longer a friend of the show. Family with the show, Tony Swish, T Swish, uh, from the Augur team. Also does a lots of other things in the uh, digital currency space. Uh, marketer extraordinaire, like hella fucking good at marketing. By the way, Tony's plug, moving weight. huh? Tony's moving weight. We're lucky to have him on the team. Hell yeah, man. Here's the deal. Here's a plug for no reason. Tony Swish, you need a marketer. And you're doing something in the digital currency, cryptocurrency space. You need someone who's going to make it understandable and uh, expose it to lots of people and just generally make it awesome and approachable. You need to call Tony Swish or hit him up on LinkedIn. I know he's there or just type in Tony Swish. I think it shows up on Twitter. Guys everywhere making big moves. Anyways, him and Marcello took this interview down. They tackled it, is what they say. And, um, yeah, John Fitch, MMA fighter, uh, smart guy, went to Purdue, graduated. You smart. You're time. huge. Yep. I'm, I'm excited to watch this fight. It's going to be a good fight. And um, he actually, in 2008, I saw this, he fought George Paul St. Pierre. George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre. Who, if you guys don't know who George St. Pierre, he's the guy that got his ass whooped by Captain America in the second Captain America movie, Winter Soldier, at the Dude, beginning. George St. Pierre is one of the all, best all-time fighters, if not one of the best all-time fighters. But what did he do against Captain America, though? It's a movie. 
the fuck out of here. Some would say it's a movie. Some would say it's an alternate document. T- document. Uh, fucking what's that genre called? Anyway, damn it! <laughs> what the, <laughs> what happened right there? Anyway, getting into the interview. Uh, here it is, guys. The first ever. MMA athlete to be sponsored by a cryptocurrency company, Mr. John Fitch. Here it is. John, thanks a lot for being with us today. We, we really appreciate it. No problem, man. It's good to get to talk to you finally. Awesome. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I wanted to go a little bit more into you know what how, how awesome it was for you to help me out and the Bitcoin Bowl campaign about over a year ago. We'll, we'll get there. But the first thing I wanted to ask you is... A little bit about how you became, as far as I know, the first fighter to be sponsored by a crypto, and uh, just a little bit of how that relationship uh, came to be and how you feel about it. Uh, yeah, I just have been following the space for a little while. You know, I mean, uh, we don't. I, I train so much, and my body's broken down. You know, during the day, and uh, I, I have a lot of free time basically, but I don't. I don't have a lot of energy to do much, so I end up reading a lot. I spend a lot of time on online on my phone reading articles and following whatever's going on. Um, uh, I, I studied uh, history and PE and at Purdue University. Uh, you know, you know, history's always been like something I've really been in, into and current events and, you know, why are things the way they are? Why do things operate the way they do? Um, so I just kind of been following those things and it's exciting to me to see how the space is changing and, uh, and how technology is affecting everybody's life just globally. And, uh, I think, you know, I started following David Seaman when he was running for office back in, uh, in Florida, I think. And, uh, I didn't buy into Bitcoin because I was scared and, uh, it, it wasn't an early adopter. I waited till it hit, you know, its peak and then started coming back down before I got in. But, uh, I've been following space for a while and it's just, uh, exciting to see all these new uh, things come up and how it can change and impact the way government's done and the way people live. Oh, that's interesting. And, and I know you're a big advocate for Bitcoin, uh, but on the flip side, can you tell us a bit about your interest in the blockchain and the technology behind that? And like, I guess what kind of innovations lately have been catching your eye in that space? Um, well, uh, man, I think, I think, uh, this, the idea of, I'm a, cause of the, his, you know, my background in history, I'm like a big freedom, pro freedom, you know, you should be allowed to do what you want. If you're not hurting anyone else, you should be allowed to do what you want. And, uh, I think we don't really have that. We have centralized control in a lot of places. And because you have centralized control, you have just little tiny dictators all over the place. And, and I don't like that. I like to be able to do what I want to do with my stuff and my, my things and my time. Um, and I think, the blockchain opens up this idea of decentralization. And I think through technology, we can kind of decentralize everything and take away those central points of control in, in virtually every, every, every aspect of our lives. Um, kind of create a, uh, a technological tribalism, basically, where you build your own communities and interact with your own communities, and you don't need some centralized authority telling you what to do. Yeah, that's, I mean, isn't that the very definition of freedom? Uh, yeah, exactly. I think, you know, you, if you, from, from building roads to, uh, healthcare to, uh, entertainment, I think you, you can just have a community of people who support the same things and work together and, and make it work and, 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 uh, get things done. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, and then Tony, he's going to talk to you a little bit about some of the projects surrounding that. I just wanted to ask you uh, one sole question. Uh, it's kind of the elephant in the room. I wanted to talk a bit about the legalization of, uh, of MMA in, in New York City or New York State. You, you stated the reason that MMA is illegal in, in NY is because of Zufa's treatment of employees, to which Joe Rogan told you that it's strictly politics. Uh, what's the real story and what does this I mean, mean for you uh, that, as, I, as a fighter? That is politics. You know, he yeah. said, oh, it's politics. That's why. Well, what do you think the politics are? Where do you think the money's coming from and who's upset and why those politicians are listening to people? Mm. Nothing happens in politics today without lobbies. Um, you know, it is kind of like we live in an oligarchy and if you don't have money, you can't get things done. Whether you crowdfund and get a group of people together, put their money in and, and pay for a lobby or you have somebody who's super wealthy and can afford a lobby on their own. That's how things get done. It's not, it's not really like the, um, what's his name goes to DC or whatever and, and, and gives a good speech and then convinces all the politicians. Oh yeah, we have to go with this guy. That's, that's not how it is. It's backroom deals and money changing hands. Um, and I think, you know, if Zufa probably paid more money than the opposition to get, get the people to, to vote, uh, to pass le- uh, the legalization in, in, in New York, that's probably what happened. Um, but it is, it's politics. Uh, you know, I've been on the inside and I've talked to the people, uh, who, who, who were saying that, you know, they're one of the reasons that it was, it was slowed up and it, it cost them a lot of money. Uh, um, to not be able to get into New York City, but now that it is, it's it's going to open the doors up. I think to to everyone, um, especially because we've changed the landscape already. I think with uh, the class action lawsuit against Zufa, um, the formation and pushing through of uh, the Mixed Martial Arts Fighters Association, and uh, you know we're trying to get uh, mixed martial arts onto the Muhammad Ali Act, which is an, uh, a federal law that helps protect boxers, and we don't think that we have any different type of business model than, than what boxing is. So we should be allowed to have the same protections that they do. Um, and I think all these things that we're doing is kind of put pressure and open the doors up. And now everybody's going to benefit from, from New York being legalized rather than just one entity. Um, that's, that's, that's awesome. And, and just out of curiosity a little bit, could you maybe go into a little more detail about the Muhammad Ali Act? Because uh, it was something I, I heard you mention it before, and I'm, I'm very unfamiliar with it. And I think the parallels between boxing and uh, MMA are kind of, I would say, to, to the average person at home are very similar. But in reality, you know, boxing has had, it, it, there's a lot of people that defend it will say, oh, it has a long, rich history in America when you look at it. And I go, well, you know, I, my reply is, well, you know, MMA was what, like the second sport in the Olympics behind running when it was, what was it, pancreation, yeah, I think. So it's like, there, it's just as much of a history. And I, I think that, you know, maybe to some of the listeners who are not MMA fans, but are kind of like, that's weird that, you know, the, the, the boxing MMA, th- how, how exactly is that re- relative to you? And just go into a little detail on that if you can. Yeah, so the Muhammad Ali Act, there, there's a few things that, that it passed in 2000, right? And uh, basically... It'll prevent people from like Don King from being in the space. Um, it's still not perfect with the boxers because they never got around to getting a an athletic association or a boxers association around, which is what you really need to help enforce uh, the act. Um, and they never got around to doing that. They couldn't get themselves together for that. But uh, the big things that'll help is is one um, independent rankings, right? So the promotion won't be able to rank its own athletes which prevents, uh, you know, collusion and uh, um, 
conflicts of interest. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, because then you, your promoter can just give a number to any guy and say, oh, this guy's number one, this guy's oh. number two. This, you know, it doesn't, it's arbitrary. It doesn't really mean anything. Uh, if the promotion is doing it themselves, they're going to give those rankings in a way that it was beneficial to them financially, not, not honestly. Um, two, uh, they have to, um, disclose all, all payments and, 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 and money made. So like, there's no, there's no secret backroom payments. There's no, uh, there's no, um, lies about how much money was made from the event. Like everything's on the table. You're going to see how much money was made, how much money was spent. Um, so fighters and, and the athletes will be able to see how much of a percentage of, of what's being brought in they're, they're making, you know, um, it's not fair that, that, uh, the company or the promotion makes, uh, you know, millions and millions of dollars on an event and then they pay their, their athletes only a tiny fraction of a percentage of, of what they've made. Um, they put it up on the table and you know what your worth is because, well, hey, these, these things that I, I made, was a main event of made this much money. Well, I have drawing power. It gives you negotiating power, um, to be able to make what you're worth. Um, and those are the two, the two of the big things. And then I think, uh, third, third party, uh, matchmaking, um, that, that prevents also a lot of uh, conflict of interest and, and collusion because, um, now you have somebody on the outside who's matchmaking the, the top fights. Um, and that, and that allows for, um, the best fighters fighting each other and the best fights being put on for the, for the fans themselves. This is fascinating to me, and, and I, I don't want to go into it, you know, in detail, but I could. I could I could spend hours talking with you about this stuff, because that kind of thing, like, when especially the third-party matchmaking, I think a lot of people that are even, you know, I, I, I think the diehard fans of the sport kind of might know a little bit of, a, of it, but a lot of them probably don't, and mind you, the casual to, you know, moderate fans don't, and that, that's just fascinating to me, but... But I do want let's let's move on to a little something a little uh, different, but also interesting, which is uh, your sponsorship with the crypto involvement in involving in sponsorships. And you know, I know one of the bigger issues of the past year or two in in the in UFC at least was the Reebok deal sponsorships. But the cool thing is the the other organizations, primarily a World Series of Fighting, you could still have sponsors. So just like you know the the good old days, if I if I want to state it like that, <laughs> it's still not the good old days though. So like the good old days were probably like around two thousand seven, two thousand eight, um, and then around that time, Zufa's or Zufa, I, I refer to them as Zufa because they're the, they're the company yeah, that bought company. the UFC brand. And, okay, uh, I don't have anything against the UFC brand. I have something against the company that owns them. Uh, so Zufa started taking a. Uh, a uh, a fee from sponsors back in like 2008, 2009, uh, in order to sponsor the fighters. So you had to pay Zufa fifty to a hundred thousand dollars a year just to sponsor fighters, and that that just decimated all the mom and pop sponsorships. Because there were some people who, uh, some company t-shirt companies, who had maybe one or two or three fighters that they sponsored regularly. Well, now they had to pay uh, the the their marketing. Uh, most of their marketing money to Zufa first, mm-hmm. and now they can't sponsor fighters. And then sent a lot of people uh, uh, bankrupt, took, put a lot of people out of the business. And for one time, we only had like six to seven companies we could even go to to get sponsorship. And then uh, then finally, they completely killed it off by, by signing it away to uh, Reebok and making it only one company, and you don't even get a choice on uh, whether you use them or not. You're forced to use them. Um, luckily, though, um, other promotions are allowed to uh, 
have whatever sponsors they want. Uh, but that was still a problem, though, because Zufa had killed off so many of the mom-and-pop um, companies at that point. There still wasn't much around to, for sponsorship. So there still isn't that much around for sponsorship right now. There's not that many companies that have money to pay. And the money that they're paying is much less. Um, so that's one of the reasons why like, I, I started reaching out to other places. Like I, I fought once with a plumber's uh, you know, I had a plumber sponsor me. I love me. it. You know, I love made it. a trade on, on some work wow. on my house. Um, I, awesome, I reached though. out and I found uh, Nautilus Coin. And I like Nautilus Coin because uh, it was promising to do a lot of things that I thought were important. Like uh, they're, they're talking about uh, like uh, point of sale type things that were going to be real fast rather than Bitcoin, which took 10 minutes. Um, and, and I thought that was, that was something really good and it was a really good use case. And that was one of the reasons why I reached out to them. Plus, they have uh, Brian Kelly, who's on TV, and you know I thought that was a good link because I'm ready to promote the coin. Uh, they end up not delivering on a lot of stuff, so I, I haven't been working with them uh, lately. But I have the new deal with with HyperCrypto. Uh, I've also worked with um, another Bitcoin company who does a lot of things. It's like an umbrella company there, who's actually working with uh, Mike Tyson on Mike Tyson's. Bitcoin uh, ATM here in Vegas, and we have one of their ATMs in our gym at uh, One Cakes. Um, so yeah, I just I just had to like reach out and try to find different ways to make money. And you know, I wanted to follow up real quick on this because I know Marcel has another question. But my other question on that is, let's say that you know uh, there's a there's a a lot of the industry listens to shows like this, and let's say that there's someone maybe that's interested in sponsoring you or sponsoring another you know, another fighter and, and they're a crypto company or they're a crypto, you know, they represent a crypto, whatever it is under the space. Uh, how would you recommend going about that? Or were, Will fighters generally listen? Are they open-minded? You know, because as soon as you start bringing in Bitcoin, a lot of people just walk away and they go, oh, scam. And, you know, I, I think it's it's an interesting mix and I think it's a good mix because I think the demographic fit is right for both, uh, the audience for both. That, that's why I asked this because I, I bet there's some company out there that's interested in sponsoring a fighter and may, just may not know how to go about it. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things. You got to reach out to the fighter or the manager um, to do it. Uh, they can reach out to me because we have, they can either work with me or uh, we have guys that are at my gym that are, uh, um, I ha- that I have their ear and I can convince them to uh, take the payments. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things you have to kind of just reach out and, and try things. Uh, talk to people, um, go to the gym, just see who's in your area and, and watch the shows, watch the events and see what guys you might be interested in sponsoring, what guy fits your company or what you're trying to do. And then reach out to the management, try to talk to them. Uh, it's going to take some time because a lot of people are you know, clueless in the space. They don't understand it. I've had arguments with Josh Thompson a number of times about <laughs> <laughs> about Bitcoin and, and its relevance it. and, and whether or not to be involved with it. You guys got to record that sometime, post it on the internet. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's funny though, when I argue with people about Bitcoin and stuff like that, like all of their negative talking points they say about it are like positive talking points to me. Like <laughs> no one controls it. It's, it's decentralized. It's, you know, it's like nobody, it's uh, Issued by any government. Like, why would you, I mean, you know, like, those are all the reasons why I support it. That's awesome. Yep. Hey, John, we've been, uh, we've been in a comfortable spot at the 400, 430 mark for a while. You have any yep. price predictions for the remainder of 2016? Uh, no, I think, I think, uh, I think it's going to hold steady from, uh, you know, 300 to 500 for a while, I think. Um, 
there's a lot of stuff going on right now until we have some kind of big breakout and innovation with an app or something like that, um, or a bigger use case for people. Um, I think it's going to hold kind of steady right there. Um, but you know, I'm not an expert in any way. Uh, there's a lot of infighting with the Bitcoin people, I guess, you know, yeah. talking about block sizes and stuff. And I can't even really keep up with what the arguments are about. Mm. But I think uh, as far as a use case of, of being able to transport large sums of money safely and effectively, um, it's not going anywhere. Uh, I think a lot of people, it's a global payment system. Um, you know, I have some I have some projects I'm working on where I want to I want to be able to accept um Bitcoin because I can sell products or I can sell things to people in Russia or China or Brazil and I don't have to pay extra money to convert the money from, you know, whatever their local fiat is to to US. I can just accept the Bitcoin. Um so so I think it's going to I think it's going to be safe and uh and and stick into that range for a while. Awesome. Um, I, as, as a follow-up, since we're kind of on the Bitcoin-specific part here, I wanted to, first of all, uh, personally, and I, I like to do this in there, thank you for your help with that Bitcoin bull campaign. That's been, and I know I've said this, you know, I said this via a chat, but I haven't had a chance to actually tell you this, Ed, because it, at the time, and for those are listeners that are wondering, back when the Bitcoin bull happened, um, I, Tony Sakic, was employed by BitPay, and I handled, all, I, I handled all their digital marketing. So I didn't handle any of the sponsorship stuff, but uh, we wanted to have a really cool campaign around the bowl game because it was going to be aired nationally on television, and it was the first, you know, the first two Bitcoin commercials were airing on there. So we wanted to get some attention on social media. So what I did was I reached out to some really cool folks like Shooter Jennings. Um, there, there was, you know, Warner Brothers Records were a part of this, uh, uh, Curtis Axel, a WWE wrestler, and, and, and I reached out to John, and I have to say, John pretty much agreed to do it immediately. We, he was one of our guest tippers. We, we gave away $10,000 in free money which uh, is pretty was pretty unheard of, and I think it is unheard of to this day. It was, I think, the first and only time anything Bitcoin-related related trended for uh, the evening nationwide. So I, to this, to as far as I know, it is the most successful social media campaign uh, in Bitcoin history. And what, what made me laugh the most was uh, we, we, we tried to work with ESPN a little bit on it, and ESPN didn't get it. They, they didn't understand we were giving away free money. They kind of thought, oh, snake oil salesman, right? They're like, you're not giving away free money. And, and I kind of knew the first few giveaways had to be for like a lot of money. And I think Shooter gave away $200 to someone. And so people were like, okay, we're, we were making it rain via Twitter for, for three hours. And, um, it, it, and it, so like a week goes by and, and we, get a, we hear word from ESPN and they're blown away by the numbers. They're like, how did the Bitcoin bowl, which apparently was the low, you know, is like as far as their priorities was the lowest ranked priority of all yeah. bowl games, have like triple the engagement of all the other bowl games? They were absolutely blown away by it, and 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 I laughed and I was like, well, we tried to get they wouldn't even put the little hashtag on the screen. They they <laughs> were very they, they helped us a little bit, but they didn't help us out nearly as much as they they could have. So it was all people like you, like folks that really love and support Bitcoin. Like, you know, and I have to say, first of all, thank you. But I also want the community to know that, you know, you're someone who was doing this just because you support the idea. You weren't looking, you weren't doing this to personally get, maybe you were, and if you were, I wouldn't hate you. But I, you were doing this to personally get paid. You weren't doing this what? to personally do anything other than help out the community. And I, I have, I, I have the that. opinion that, uh, you know, a, a rising tide lifts all ships. Yes. Right. 
So I, I just a big believer. Like it was fun. Like I remember, I, I was giving out beers. I think because you can <laughs> yep. change the thing. You be like, here, have a beer on me, and I gave out just a crap load of beers to people. Absolutely, but you, the, the, my thing is, I want everyone to know how cool it was to work with you, how easy it was to work with you, and how much you supported all this stuff since then. And you know, it's it's cool when there's people of high profile, higher profile that are really like that. And you know, cool. there, there was someone else I'll say, and I, and I will say they're in the combat sports arena. And, and I asked them, and, and it's not, and for those who know me, they know that I'm also interviewed Glenn Jacobs from the WWE. It wasn't him, but it was someone else. And they immediately asked for, I think, $20,000. And I was like, sorry, dude. Like, I, wow. like, we, we, you know, I, I put this together on a shoestring budget. Believe me, I was given nothing to do that campaign other than the change tip donating the funds for the tips. So, uh, but yeah, you know, to this day, I, I had to do this in a public forum because I can't tell you how much. And I hope someday I get to meet you and buy you a couple real beers. If you drink, <laughs> if you don't, some real sodas, or if you're training some, I, something better than water. Cause like, I want to buy you something for helping us out. Cause I genuinely appreciate it. And, um, and, and thank you for that. And, um, I guess I had one other quick question and you can respond to that and this or both is, a few months ago, I kind of, I remember telling you a little bit about Ethereum and you even, you said basically like, yeah, I've been hearing a little more about it. Have you had a chance to check out any more of, about it? And because I know you're busy, so if you haven't, no worries, but was curious to see what you thought of it and any other feedback to the Bitcoin bull stuff I mentioned, whatever you want to talk about there. No, it's, uh, with, well, with the Bitcoin bull, one of the things that I, I, I was excited and liked about that is because I think that um, there's similarly applicable thing that could be done with MMA. Um, like for example, in Thailand, uh, the guys who do Thai boxing, the, the guys who fight, um, they get a low purse amount for their fight, right? Mm-hmm. But if they put on an exciting fight, like part of the fight is, is putting on a show. Uh, so if the fight is exciting after the fight, they go around and they hold their hat and they take tips. Hmm. So people in the crowd who bet and were gambling on the fight or who, you know, so they want money or whatever, they will take tips. So they may make more money in tips around the arena than they do uh, in the fight itself. Um, so I think that if we could get a crypto sponsor to sponsor a whole event, we could get people online uh, to to tip the fighter that they enjoy their fight. Like, oh, this guy's amazing. Here's 25 cents. Here's a dollar. Uh, you know, you won – you won 200 or 500 bucks from your buddy because you bet on the fight. You know, you tip the fighter a little bit. I think that, uh, I think that is a very possible thing. And I think that would be an exciting thing to do. And I think that would, that would help the fighters out and it would, it would help the fans out to get involved. And, uh, you just, you hear and you talk about how the engagement was for that Bitcoin bull. It lets me know that that, that that's a big part of, uh, what a lot of these things are missing is that, uh, fan interaction. The more mm-hmm. fan interaction you have, the more of a community they feel they're a part of, the, the more numbers you're going to get, the better everything's going to go. Um, so I'm hoping that someday I can get somebody involved in, in doing something like that. Uh, but yeah, with the theorem, I've been looking into it and I'm not the, the smartest tech guy at all. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, you're better you know, than most, man. Trust me. <laughs> I, got, I understand it a little bit, but I'm, I'm all thumbs when it comes to like actually figuring any of this stuff out. I just, when my computer doesn't work, I hit it with a hammer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I like Ethereum. I like what it, it, it could lead to like, uh, just the idea of automatic contracts and things, eliminating middlemen. Uh, it's a big, big factor in more decentralization, uh, you know, the things that could be applied to it with uh, entertainment and the entertainment industry, I think, um, 
could change a lot of things also. I think there's a lot of potential for what Ethereum can do. Absolutely. There's actually, and, and this is a little off the sidetrack because I, I wanted to mention this before. It's not wasn't one of the things we discussed, but uh, there's an app called Streamium, which is essentially allows, and that works on Bitcoin actually. And uh, and actually, someone that I was working with at BitPay was involved with the development of it, and it allows basically the person that creates the video content, and it's almost like Periscope, but you can actually charge yeah. like per second. Say, okay, you know, if it's you want a, access. Uh, and, it's a pay-per-view killer. It could be. Uh, I mean, I think the bandwidth issues there for sure. But you know, I, I'm sure you're familiar that the the, band, the the cable companies literally make a killing. Like they make, I think, fifty to sixty yeah. percent of, of uh, all the pay-per-view money that could go to the fight. Well, I mean, obviously, it would probably go to the promoter because that's just how the world. So works. you could pick and choose what fight you want to watch on the card. If we get the Ali Act enabled, then yeah. a lot less money would go back to the. It fighters. It should go to the yeah. fighters. Absolutely. I think if you look at other sports and you compare it, there, there's it's some you know it need a lot more needs to go to the fighters. And, and people will see. I think people also see Pacquiao, Mayweather, and they see that, and they go, "Oh, the fighters don't need it." It's like they don't understand. That's those are two bo- two boxers, right? The two. <laughs> Everyone else, it's a little bit of a different game for them. And it's the same with you know MMA. Okay, Conor McGregor and Ronda right now are you making the but. But then there's like but, all but these other professionals. They're, they're not making. There's what they're making, like Conor and and, and uh, Ronda. What they're making, there's a zero missing from the back of their paycheck. There's yeah. there should be at least one more yeah. zero. A- amen uh, to that. They, they think they're making a lot of money, but they're not. Like yeah. if you looked at the books and you saw how much the promotion was making compared to what they're paying them, they're they're not getting paid a lot. Um, and if you look at all the other boxing pay, like Pacquiao and, and uh, uh, Mayweather make, are making a lot, but you look down the rest of the, the card, those guys are making significantly more money than the MMA fighters are. Mm. You know, the, the, there are guys who are who are non television fights making one hundred fifty thousand dollars for their fight. Wow, I didn't and know that's that not even including that's not including uh, wow. sponsors and other things like that. That's just straight up guaranteed pay. That's wow. surprising to me. And I guess what we'll do is, uh, I know I know Marcel has one more question in a minute, but I, I wanted to get a little info about the fight just to, just to re- reiterate to the audience. Um, because what's cool about what's cool about your fight is it's going to be on uh, April second, and it's going to be eleven p.m. Eastern, eight p.m. Pacific, and it's on N- NBC SN Live. And you're fighting a what was it, Joao Zafrino? I probably the Brazilian said. Samurai. Yes, the Brazilian Samurai. It's for the welterweight world title. So uh, yeah. you know we're we're hoping that you know our audience checks this out. Maybe some that aren't MMA fans will we'll give it a watch because. I'll, I'll say this firsthand. Um, I, I remember being a, being a little kid. You know, I, I've always been a big pro wrestling fan, and seeing that UFC tape there and watching it and thinking it was the coolest idea in the world. And I remember hearing, you know, and just distinctively remember the McCain years when, you know, when, when uh, what, 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 I can't remember the name of the organization that owned UFC first. Uh, what it was, was it? Semaphore. FTG before. Uh, yeah, and so, I think Semaphore might have been under that uh, another umbrella. But I remember, I remember that name. That's all I remember. And I remember it basically disappearing. But then I remember the rise of Pride and kind of pride had yeah. the glitz and glamour, and then you well, know that's a, the there's some there's some sketchy oh. history behind the uh, the demise of the original SCG owned UFC and the rise of Zufa. Hmm. <laughs> you know, there's one there's one storyline that's told quite often, but there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Like um, that SCG UFC was doing really well until they got banned in Nevada mm-hmm. by the Athletic Commission. And it just so happens that um, uh, the, for one of the Fertitas was actually the president or the run who ran the, the athletic commission. So the guy who ran the athletic commission and banned the sport 
um, then quit the, the commission and bought <laughs> bought the company that uh, he Renzo, took, right? Like, yeah, and then somehow John McCain getting involved. We all know that politicians don't do anything without getting paid. They don't do Pretty anything much. without <laughs> lobby somebody lobbying them for some reason. Uh, there's, there's nothing hard evidence to be seen uh, about it, but it, it seems kind of weird that um, those things all happen. Perfect Storm was arranged for Zufa to buy this company. Absolutely. Um, and here and, you are, fighting in Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but not for Zufa. And, and that's Zufa. the other cool thing is, I, I believe, you know, I, I don't know how it is in different carriers, but I believe most folks have that on basic care, one of their uh, cable packages. So please check out the fight, support. But yep. if nothing else, turn on the fight and say, I want to support someone who's supporting crypto. Because that's the kind of that's the kind of voluntary. They're usually, uh, they're usually pretty good about uh, having it online somewhere too. With in in uh, if you're in another country, I think a lot of times you can watch uh, the fights online somewhere. Cool. And and also one other quick thing before I, I let him answer the last question. I think if you go to your Twitter and I'm and I think it's what is is that uh, at johnfitch.net. I think there's yes. a change tip there. So please. Shoot, shoot him some love. You know, send him like a send him a buck or two in, in tips. Send him something and show him that you know you're supporting him because I'm about to when this is over. At the very least, just for saying thanks for doing the interview, but also thanks for you know letting me watch you fight. Like just being a fan. Like, like that's the kind of thing that you know I, I think a lot of the individuals in this space need to do is show more love to the people that are kind of showing love to the space, not expecting anything out of it. The, 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 you know, people like you, people like Shooter, and and that those folks. So. Thanks again, and, and I'm going to let him finish off with our last question. All right, John. Uh, in 10 words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? Um, man. <laughs> Tough, isn't it? <laughs> 10 words or less, describe Bitcoin. Uh, freedom through decentralization. Oh, nice. it's beautiful. You have seven left, too. Good job, yeah. man. Yeah. Mine was terrible when you asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm certain that uh, we're all going to awake on Sunday morning, and we're going to recognize you as a WSOF welterweight champ. Thank you so much for yes. being here. Really appreciate no, man. it. Thanks for, thanks, uh, for uh, doing this, guys. It's a good talk. Really good talk. Absolutely. And uh, last thing, is there anything else you wanted to plug? Twitter, all that? Uh, uh, Hyper Crypto is sponsoring me for uh, this next fight. Uh, it's another, another uh, cryptocurrency. Um, I like Hyper Crypto not so much just because of a coin, but because of its use case. It's video game. You know, you play video games. Why not get paid for playing video games? Uh, I used to play a lot of games, uh, you know, Xbox, PlayStation, that stuff. But, uh, you know, I got kids now, so I'm usually just playing with them. But like if I would have 10 years ago, if I would have been able to make money playing video games, who knows if I would have been fighting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, that's why I like that uh, thing. It's not so much a cryptocurrency sponsor. It's, it's a website and a use case sponsorship. I think, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of really cool games on their server, uh, on their servers and whatever. Go check out the website um, and, and play some games and get paid. Cool. Thank oh. you very much. And that was a new voice I used for the end. And that was the interview with Mr. John Fitch, who will be fighting tomorrow for the welterweight championship in the, I did say this, World Series of Fighting. Yep. Yep. The World Series of Fighting. Um, everybody, you know what? Here's the thing. He, 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 uh, I think Marcello wanted us to talk about this specifically. Um, 
the my fighter the I don't think my fighter's a thing. I think that's just something I read in the Slack, but No, that's what I just said. That's what I want to call it. An app? Yeah. All right, so you heard it here first, and we're going to put this episode on the blockchain so you can't steal our shit. There's an app. Corey named it called My Fighter. Where Should we give it? Should we give the app idea or keep it no, to let's ourselves? Talk about it. So, so he, he mentioned this idea, and uh, it, it would work in a lot of scenarios, but the fighting industry is definitely one of them where it would work really well. Uh, currently, the way, the way it works is that the promoters – when they promote an MMA fight, whether it be UFC, World Series of Fighting, a lot, a lot of others, don't they get a lot, a lot, a lot of money? And someone would think that that money really gets dispersed down to the fighters quite well, but it actually doesn't. Fighters have a really hard time making a living, um, and but they don't get paid nearly as much as what you would what you would imagine. And they, it's really also very difficult for them to get them to get really good sponsors. So they're not they're they're putting a lot of their life and health on the line to entertain people and they don't have a lot of time because they're training so much to do so. So there needs to be some type of way to get them the money that they deserve from the fans that follow them because they're highly popular people. So um he came up with an idea of being able to tip the fighters. Um, you know, a buck here, 25 cents there. Oh, I love this fighter. I think he's going to win. I'm going to throw, I'm going to give him a dollar and kind of pump him up. And, or like, you know, hey, one, I'm going to give him five bucks because, you know, I really like that fight. Or I don't know, I'm going to give that loser really, uh, some money because he did a really good job and I didn't, I thought he should have won or he put up a good fight or something like that. And then, and cryptocurrency does a really, really good job of allowing people to pay other people without anything getting in the way. And so, I mean, I think that the app, to able to do that, I would call it something like my fighter, um, to essentially allow anybody to be able to tip the fighters that's going on. You can see live stats while you're watching something. You're like, oh, what that that punch? That's that's a that's a that's a five dollar punch. And you, you know, you tip them five bucks, go straight to the fighter. And at the end of the day, they end up with you know a good amount of cash from their fans directly to them, with with no percentages going to the people already making a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. That is a genius idea. I it's feel like this is idea. Go ahead. I mean, it brings I, the people directly to the fighter. It, it it takes it takes the fans directly to where the, you know directly contributing to the people they want they want to be with. And we've you know, this is the same revolution with music, taking the fans directly to the musician. What we talked about with Image and Heat, and any other any other type of industry where the transparency of how the money flows is really obfuscated. You can't really see where it is. It, it eliminates all that and puts the money directly where you want it to be. The people who are actually entertaining you and not the people putting together the entertainment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel, I feel like this is, we're on like the, the very precipice of the era where people, entertainers, creators, all these people are going to get paid well and can make a living off of the things that they create and they offer. Instead of like, basically, I feel like we're leaving the age of centralization and we're leaving the age of intermediaries and middlemen. And that's what Bitcoin Definitely. Bitcoin allows. Oh. Is like we had the interview with Imogen Heap where she talks about artists finally getting paid for the music that they, that they create. You know, we we also who else did we we've talked to Ryan X. Charles about that. And we just we interviewed. We haven't released that interview yet. Uh 
Mackey, Stephen Mackey, and he talks about yours and and content creators getting paid for the things they create. And this is just another iteration of that. Fighters get gypped, okay? They do. I guess their promoters take their money, and then they give them yeah. a little trickle down. So they believe in trickle down economics, just like everyone in the eighties did. Ha 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 ha! We see how that shit works. Anyways, <laughs> um, so essentially you could pay the fighter and that's what Bitcoin allows is the fighter, you know, get tips. And he even talked about, I know, I know you listened to the interview, but he talked about fighters in other countries, you know, they go out and they take tips in their hats. Yeah. And after the fight, they walk around with their hats and take tips from the crowd because they like, they like the fight and they end up making more money from that than they do from the actual fight. Yeah. So uh, Brennan Schaub from the uh, podcast fighter and the kid is, is, uh, I listen to that podcast. It's great. Um, he, He's a he's a UFC fighter. He may be I don't know. I think he may be retiring soon. But he, he talks a lot about this this problem with fighters not making money and their inability also to get really good sponsorships. And this is something that can that can ultimately fix that. And, and okay, so what we've seen from Bitcoin is that it it finds inefficiencies in in the way things work, and it's usually from unnecessary difficulty or working on an ancient back end that costs money and fees. And it just takes it all out of the way. It takes all the middlemen, all those level steps you need to go in between to finish up what you're doing, gets rid of all those and takes you directly to what you're trying to get to in terms of money. And mm-hmm. this is just another iteration of that. And the, the, the fighters love that. You, you could see, you could hear the passion in that interview on how much he like really enjoyed this idea of, of freedom and bringing the fans directly to him. And, and things like that. And and Tony's previous campaign to do the same thing with this fighter and 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 uh Suter Jennings stuff like that to kind of spread mm-hmm. word and how much they just made Bitcoin rain all over Twitter and how ESPN was like, What what just happened? How did we make this bowl game that no one cares about one of the most trending things we've ever had? It's because you brought the fans directly to what they want to be. Most people, when they pay for yeah. things, they're like, I don't know where this money's going. It's going to somebody, some fat cat sitting in the big room laughing with diamonds in his teeth. I made that up. I don't know if that's true. Mm. <laughs> but, but, like, they don't, you don't know where it's going. And this is a way to directly know where it's going. Like, I can, I can tip someone on Twitter a beer and they can get that money and go buy a beer. It's anybody, anybody. I don't even have to know the person. It can be some anonymous Twitter identity. I've done that before, actually. Yeah. I've tipped it was on I was on Reddit and I was drunk by myself and I read on the forum somebody it was like deep in Reddit the new stuff and a guy was like hey my buddy I'm here in England and my buddy wants to see how Bitcoin works send some bits and I was like oh you got good time in my friend because I am drunk <laughs> and I'm gonna do this and I fucking sent some tip I got the sh- shit I should post a picture for proof on I, it was through circle I sent some Bitcoin to a guy so he could get his friend a beer and I'm in Texas, and he was in fucking London. I mean, soak that in for a second if you're a new listener. How long did that take you to do that? It literally took me 30 seconds, and I even put a smiley face emoticon on there because it's circle, and you can do stuff like that. And I and I, I typed in there, gave him a message. Now, if he has circle, he could probably hear that. But if not, he just went to his Bitcoin wallet, and it's good. And it took me less than a minute. It literally, in fact, nowadays I've gotten so good, it takes me less than 10 seconds to send Bitcoin somewhere. Yeah, it's... Ask Cello it's, when he's like, hey guys, we gotta pay for the domain, click, click, boom, and he's like, wow, that was fast. And I was like, 
It's Bitcoin, bitches. That works. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, that's this is what I was going to say. And just like you said, it brings the people to the event and takes out the friction in the middlemen. Bitcoin kind of reminds me just with money, like the first Marcello was begging me for a long time to get on Twitter. He was like, you need to get on Twitter. It's the shit. And I was like, fuck you, man. I like Facebook and looking at baby pictures. That's my jam. And he was like, no, you need to get on Twitter. And so I finally got on Twitter and I was like, now I see. I just like the idea of being able to talk to Kanye West. I know he's not going to respond to me, but I know in my heart, I talked to him. I sent him a message. I tweeted him. Did he read it? I don't know. But it went straight yeah, to his people ass. Tweet back, man. People tweet back. People do tweet back. But that feeling, like, uh, it's an area that was n- n- it was at once, you couldn't get to it. But Twitter allows that. Like, I, I fucking tweeted Steven Spielberg a movie idea. And if it happens, then I will get nothing <laughs> from it. But I did that. It was a retarded movie, too. I need to go back and look at that tweet. But... I'm saying that's what it allowed. It was like, wow, like this is cool. I'm, I'm, the friction's gone. That's what I think Bitcoin does, but with value. There once used to be a time when I pirated the shit out of music. Now I'm a lot older. I kind of understand what it means when a musician's putting their heart into something, and you want to pay them for that. Like, because I put my heart into this show, and it'd be cool. Like we should slide us some tips or something. But musicians put their heart into the music. And I want to like, okay, I'll send you five bucks, 10 bucks. Oh, that album was super duper fire. I'm going to send you 20 bucks. Why not? Now with Bitcoin, you could just send it straight to the artist. You know, fuck his record label, fuck whoever. You can go straight to him. So. Yeah, I really enjoy that aspect of it. And I, I, I now that, see, now that the, the internet has grown so much and everyone has a voice and, that means everyone who's stupid and ignorant also has a voice and it's just as loud. Usually sometimes even louder The the people who have really good things to say, really important things to say, who are really intelligent and making cogent arguments. They deserve to be rewarded for the things that they put out, the things that they create and the arguments that they make to better humankind. Absolutely. And the other stuff should be able to shift to the bottom. And when you have a reward system that allows you to, immediately reward people for the things that they make that is worthwhile and something you believe in, then it rises to the top and they continue they continue to put a lot of heart and soul into doing it because they they feel rewarded, not even on a on a on a, on a uh, financial level, but on like a human to human level. Because if Absolutely. someone tips me someone tips me, I'm like, oh man, thanks. I, I know that you found that rewarding and you appreciated it so much that you that you you personally gave me money. It wasn't you subscribed to Spotify and listened to my song a few times, maybe, and I got some percentages of that because you subscribed to Spotify and found me in one of their playlists. It's you directly wanted to give me money and I appreciate that. Yeah. And that's a different that's a different feeling. And I and I that's what I really like. We're playing a new ball game and all the things that you just said are summed up in things that are coming live this year and the next year. Dat, yours, pop chest. If streamium's still going, these are things that allow you to make that dirt. I like the idea of dat. Is it's a form like Reddit. It's set for if you're saying a bunch of dumb shit. Like I'll put it to you like this: on dat, Thamos would be broke as shit because he's not gonna get any tips. He's not gonna. Nothing's gonna happen with Thamos. 
I'm talking to you, Thamos, and it's only going to be a matter of time for you to listen to our podcast and you stop letting us get to the front page, but <laughs> we don't fucking like the shit that you do. In fact, you should come on our show and talk about why you're doing the shit that you do. That's a shout out right there. In fact, if you don't hash- come on our show, you're a bitch. Yeah, you don't come on our show, you're bitch made. Hashtag Thamos is bitch made. He needs to come on the Bitcoin podcast. We're calling him out. In fact, this is going at the top of the show. Hashtag Thamos is bitch made. (laughs) I hope that goes viral. I really hope it does too. (laughs) Anyways, um, let's uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. All right, let's wrap this shit up like a like a bagel in New York. Yep. Let it marinate. (laughs) Um. So, fucking thebitcoinpodcast.com. That's the website. Go to the website. Poke around. Um, if you're not convinced of our awesomeness and our knowledge base in digital currencies and Bitcoin, hit us up with the Q&A. Send us an email. We'll get back to you and say, hey, we knew no, we do know what the hell we're talking about. We're not just, uh, what's it say in the old Rogaine commercial? Like, I'm not just the president. Uh, I use this stuff. I'm a customer. I'm a customer. Whatever. Anyways, that was a bad line for what I'm talking about. We know what we're talking about. Hit us up. Dr. Petty's on the squad. uh, uh, We moved our blog. We're in the process of moving our blog over to Medium. So go over there. Check us out. The Bitcoin Podcast blog. Uh, Like us. Share us. Respond to us. You can do that on Medium. Mm -hmm. Tell us what you want. We'll answer you back. Corey, when he's not writing scientific articles in chemical physics... Is that correct? Got it. He's writing blogs about Bitcoin. When I'm not writing love letters to Zoe Saldana, I'm writing... (laughs) Okay, I don't do that anymore. Uh, I'm writing blogs about Bitcoin. Okay. Also, look for me on the interwebs at virtualcurrency.net. I think I'm going to be in there. Anyways, um, what else do we need to plug? Tony Swish again. Tony Swiss is a shit. Yep. Go watch the fight. Go watch the fight. John Fitch, y'all. Change tip him. John Fitch versus somebody he's going to beat. I really hope that happens. The Brazilian, the ninja, the Brazilian ninja. Brazilian ninja. That's what he goes by. It's going to be a good fight. I really hope John, uh, I hope, I hope he wins, but it's going to be, it's going to be a good fight. Awesome. The dogs are excited out here as well. So we need to wrap this up soon. Um, at the BTC podcast, Cello runs the Twitter. He does an amazing job. We get a lot of Twitter action lately. I'm liking it. Keep tweeting us and tweeting about us, and we'll keep tweeting you and tweeting about you, and it'll be one big family of tweeting, and we get it out there in the tweeter sphere. Zapchain.com let us down, but we're still going to plug it because Matt's pretty cool. Uh, shout out to Will. Haven't heard from you in a while. Um, shout out to Zoe Saldana. Shout out to Airbits. What am I missing? Facebook? We got a Facebook. Facebook. Uh, We got any any way you want to get to us, we're probably on there. Talk to us. Google our name. Come talk to us. We'll talk back. Windows 10 sucks, man. These little notifications. Anyways. Um. Yeah. All right. Play the outro.